episode 80 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Seven days till the election. My closing argument. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the votes. Not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. Here we are. End of the road for election 2020. Seven days, if you're listening to this, on the release date of Monday, or excuse me, of Tuesday. And we're going to get there, I think, in pretty good fashion, but I don't want anybody to give up. I don't want anybody to stop working. Get another vote. Every vote counts. We don't just have to defeat defeat Trump. We've got to defeat Trumpism. And, you know, frankly, I don't know if you have any conservative friends left in your life. I have many. Obviously, I'm a a Fox News pundit. I do a radio show on WABC in New York as well. So talk to a lot of conservatives all the time. And I am bewildered, dumbfounded by their belief, their 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 belief that Donald Trump is going to win, that not only is he going to win, he's going to destroy the Democrats on uh, Tuesday, November 3rd. Do I think that there is a chance that Donald Trump could win this election? Well, there's always a chance. I think 10%, you know, things that are a 1 in 10 shot come in all the time in this world. So 1 in 10 does not necessarily mean zero, but it's 1 in 10. And the and uh, Biden is eight and ten, so you know, a little bit more likely, eight and a half and ten. So, but Trumpers are completely convinced. I mean, you can't even oh, you you tell you show them the polls and they go, "What do you mean the polls? The polls were all wrong in 2016." Yeah, Hillary Clinton had about a three point lead at this point in 2016. Biden has an eight to ten point lead, depending on who you ask. Okay, eight to 10 points right now. Um, That means that there is a lot of things that are going to happen on Election Day. I I don't think it's just a Biden win. I think it is a big win for Democrats across the board, flipping some state houses, winning some states we're not even thinking about. Of course, we've got to keep working. But turnout seems to be through the roof. And, you know, I mean, obviously, we're looking at early voting turnout. A lot of people are voting early. A lot of people voting by mail. We know that those counts are up. It's around 60 million, 65 million as I'm taping this right now. We only had about 130 million voters in the entire election cycle last year. 
there are estimates that we're going to have uh, somewhere around uh, 150 million people vote in this election. That, you know, if that happens, that's 20 million more voters. I don't think 20 million more people are coming out because they're happy. You know, they've decided that, oh, everything's great. Let me come out and vote. No, I think they're coming out uh, because they think that this country's a train wreck. And we have a president whose theme song uh, for his campaign reelection should be, you know, that song Mother Mother by the Veronicas from the uh, 90s. I don't know if you if you remember that song. It goes, uh, I'm hungry, I'm, th- I'm starving, I'm freezing to death, everything's fine. She screams it out, everything's fine. I love that song. Uh, it really should be Trump's campaign song uh, because that's what they want to say. Mark Meadows is on the morning shows over the weekend saying that they can't control the virus. They won't control it. Not, not that they can't. They won't control the virus. Great, great messaging uh, in your closing argument. So let's talk about why we're voting for Biden over Trump. And again, if you're listening to me and you're voting for Biden because you don't like Trump, that's fine. I'm not going to ask how. I'm going to ask how many. But why are we voting for Biden? I think we're voting for Biden because it's time for this Ameri- for this country to have a break. The manic pace that we've been living in for the last four years under this president and even two years before that as he's campaigned for president the manic pace of news is too much for us to handle another four years of. That in and of itself is a reason to vote against Trump. His constant desire to be the center of every single news story, to be the center of attention, to have every single voice and every single eyeball and every single ear trained on him has driven us all mad. Now, as a pundit, it's been very good. Haven't had to do a lot of prep work for anything because this guy changes what I prepared every single time. About three years ago, three and a half years ago, I stopped prepping my radio shows. I used to do an outline, what I was going to do in each block. I would pull some clips. I don't have to do that anymore. You know why? Because every time I did that, on my way to the studio... Donald Trump would change the subject and everybody in America would be talking about whatever this maniac just did. We need to stop that. We all want to have something else to talk about. We want to talk about things that are more important to our personal lives than what this guy just tweeted. And if he's president for four more years, it's four more years of every conversation being about Donald Trump. We want to be back together with our families. Conservative friends who we used to disagree about how we spent money on. It's amazing to me that these conservatives who you know love to preach about fiscal discipline when Obama was president have been spending like drunken sailors on leave for the last four years. And I guarantee you that you know in about a month, you'll start hearing them talking about how bad the deficit is even before Biden gets into office. And once he's in office, forget it. They're going to find complete religion. I'm not going to let them. This country's a mess right now. We are in dire straits. We need to send some money out to the states so that they can balance their budgets and keep cops and firefighters and teachers and other first responders employed because we already have an unemployment problem in this country. So that's point two. Joe Biden will do what is needed 
to get this country back on track, both in fighting COVID-19 and leading the recovery efforts after we beat this virus. Look, or, or while we're fighting this virus, quite frankly, this president has been unable to have a deal with Congress on COVID-19 relief, another round of it, which is desperately needed by the states. There has not been enough funding sent out to state and local governments to help them deal with their own budget holes. Think about the economies around this country. And it's not just a blue state thing. You know, Donald Trump wants to make this out like it's a blue state versus red state thing. It's not. All 50 states have issues with their budgets right now because of the collapse in the economy. And the economy collapsed because Donald Trump didn't fight COVID-19 correctly. Joe Biden understands that. He's not going to have some make-believe theory about why we can't do that. He's going to do it. He's going to get it done, especially if he has a Democratic Senate and a Democratic House to help him. Now, there might be judges on the Supreme Court that might have something to say about it, but I doubt it. It's very important that we move the ball forward, that we give the states and localities the money they need to Keep their people employed so our economy doesn't sink further into depression. Believe me, America, our economy is in dire straits right now. We are in a situation where people have, every week we have a million new unemployment claims. We're very close to it. First time unemployment claims. And now we're heading into phase, you know, I I don't even want to call it a second wave of the virus. Third wave, fourth wave. I don't know that we ever left the first wave. Last Friday, we had the highest amount of new cases of COVID-19 in America ever, over 80,000 of them. We're starting to see Europe shut down again. Can we be far behind? Are we going to have another major outbreak? I mean, it looks like it's happening in the upper Midwest right now, right now. And it is scary. It should be scaring all of you. So we have to be very careful what we do next, and we need real leadership who's not going to make mask wearing and social distancing a political statement. You would think that after the president of the United States and many members of his staff and many members of the vice president's staff who currently are infected with COVID-19, you would think that after they had this happen to them, they would have learned their lesson and they would be preaching mask wearing, social distancing, and proper hygiene to America. And that's not what they're doing. The president just yesterday made fun of a reporter who was on the phone about a mask he wears. America, we need a president who's going to lead by example, who's going to bring us out of it, who is going to do everything he can to send the right message to the American people. And by the way, I know it's still going to be hard. I know 30% of this population, even after Trump loses, 30% will still be with him. They'll still be with him. And they'll still do whatever it is he wants them to do. And they'll still make mask wearing an issue. I've had it. Um, But at least we'll have a president who is insisting on proper social distancing and proper hygiene and mask wearing. And the president could yell and scream about it all he wants on Trump TV which I think he'll buy. I think he'll buy OAN and he will rename it Trump TV or they'll give him a piece of OAN and that's probably what's going to happen. They'll give him a piece and they'll rename it Trump TV and he'll do a show every week. America, it's the Donald Trump show. Time for serious people 
to lead us through these serious times. Another point I'd like to make is our relationships abroad. This president has cozied up to dictators and he has made our friends question our leadership's place in the world. I don't know if America at this moment is the leader of the free world. I would say probably not. I don't know that every nation on earth that is free would follow us at this point in time. Joe Biden needs to start the healing process to reclaim that. Republicans will call it an apology tour. Well, you know what? We've got a lot to apologize under this president. He has screwed over our friends and emboldened our adversaries, particularly Russia, North Korea, Turkey, which is fastly becoming an adversary. It is time for us to get back on track and reclaim what is ours. Reclaim our spot as the leader of the free world. I am concerned that four more years of Trump would lead to no more NATO, or at least no United States involvement in NATO. Because that's what Putin would like him to do. He thinks NATO is a big waste. Uh, I, I, I mean, I just feel that that is, that is his next step. America can't go it alone. I know that the president thinks it can. It can't. America can't cozy up to China and Russia and then somehow just forget about Europe. It can't. When Europe has a problem, America has a problem. This president doesn't understand that. Joe Biden understands that. And it is a major, major reason to support him. I'm telling you, this has been a long four years. And now we're seven days away. Seven days away from the election. Are you ready? You guys have been great to me. Last week was my biggest podcast. I do not have a guest this week. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about the environment and some other reasons that I think it's important that we really just continue to work and run through the tape. But you guys gave me my biggest week ever last week. Rick Wilson, great guest. I uh, hope you liked him. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, go download it now. If you didn't listen to the interview with Rick, Rick Wilson, please do. You'll enjoy it. Uh, Rick Wilson from the Lincoln Project. Thank you for doing this. Please share this podcast with your friends. Uh, and I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back. Hey, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. And I'm not doing great on Instagram. Twitter's like my main you know, platform. Christopher Hahn NY, if you want to see what tie I'm wearing before I'm going on TV, that's some pictures of my dog, and uh, I'll post a video before I'm going on the radio, but I post that same video on my uh, Twitter account, so you can check me out there, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. So let's talk about the environment and how important this election is for the environment going forward. I mean, we have a president and a Republican Party, which is the only major party on Earth that denies that climate change is real. That this denies that there's any man-made envi- involvement in climate change. The president uh, is trying in vain, I think, to make a major issue about the last uh, debate when Joe Biden said that he would phase out oil. I don't think that was a secret. 
I think if you're going to get carbon, become carbon neutral, you got to phase out oil at some point, right? Oil produces a lot of carbon. But most importantly, I mean, all you libertarians out there, don't, don't you want to stop seeing subsidies paid to major oil companies, companies that make billions in profits, yet they're getting billions in subsidies? This president has undone years of work from both Republicans and Democrats to clean our air, to clean our water, to fight pollution, to fight climate change. We need a president that's going to rejoin the Paris Accords and is going to lead the rest of the world in dealing with this existential threat that is climate change. We need somebody who actually believes the science in the Oval Office. And that's not Donald Trump, that's Joe Biden. These are things that we can no longer deny. We can't play around with it. And I get it. You're not going to be able to convince any conservatives that this, you know, is real in the next seven days. You could try. But, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're dealing with Hurricane Zeta in the Gulf of Mexico this week. You know, have we ever had a Hurricane Zeta this far into the Greek alphabet? We went through all of the named storms. They name all the storms. We went through it, and we're at Zeta now. Now, my Greek counting's not that great. No, it's Alpha, Beta, Kappa? I don't know. Zeta is a couple in, right? There's a Gamma somewhere in there. Some of you know better than I do, but Zeta seems pretty deep. It's not Z as we think of it, but it's pretty deep, right? I think the last letter of the Greek Greek alphabet is omega. But it is it is a it is devastating to think that there is another tropical storm churning up in the Gulf of Mexico as we speak as you listen to this right now on a similar track to two hurricanes that battered that area. The, uh, you know, the area in, in uh, Louisiana and Texas and Mississippi right there, just kind of going right up there. But we have a president and we have a party, really, the Republican Party that, you know, oh, nothing we can do about that. There's always been hurricanes. Really? We, we've gotten to Zeta before? I've never heard of such a thing. I don't think we've, I can't ever remember getting this far into the Greek alphabet in, uh, in, in naming storms. But this, this president, you know, oh, who cares? Throw paper towels at him. We'll see how it goes. The man is not equipped to deal with these issues. He, he, he doesn't believe in it, and it's not going to get better with him. We're not going to innovate in the areas of clean technology and clean energy with this president you know, behind the wheel. Sorry, it's not going to happen. China is beating us on this. And even though they are a bigger polluter than us, they have put serious, serious muscle behind clean energy initiatives solar wind they are winning we have spent four years spinning our wheels because we have this climate denying nonsense in the white house so yeah when joe biden says he's gonna phase out oil good i i don't see that as a negative at all only five percent of americans have any of their income tied to the oil and gas industry five percent 95% of us have to live with the consequences of that. 
So how is that a good election issue? How is that saving people? How is that? How does he? How does the president of the United States think that that's winning him a state? Not even in Texas does that matter that much. Yeah, there are people who are in the oil industry in Texas. Not a lot. Most people are not in the oil industry. Most people have to deal with the impacts of that oil industry, whether it's polluted water, polluted air, or their tax money going to line the pockets of billionaires who own those companies. So I wouldn't back down an inch on any of that if I was Joe Biden. I would own it. And I would remind the American people every single day that billions of their tax dollars are going to line the pockets of billionaires who don't need it because it's a Republican priority. Got to get done with that. We got to be done with that. And one more thing. Let's just talk about competence. I mean, you've heard me say it. Even if you're okay with Trump's attitude, even if you're okay with the manic tweets and everything else that's been going on the last four years with his behavior and his outburst, walking out of an interview with Leslie Stahl. I mean, ridiculous. You can't handle Leslie Stahl. I mean, it was a perfectly fine and fair interview. He was asked questions he should have anticipated. But even if that doesn't bother you, even if you think that this is who he is and he doesn't care and who cares, this is just the lamestream media, okay, he's just bad at his job. He's bad at it. He was bad at it before COVID-19 and COVID-19 put a bright shining spotlight on him. He's not good at his job. If he was good at his job, we wouldn't have almost 8% unemployment. And quite frankly, the real unemployment is closer to 24% in this country. If he was good at his job, he would have created jobs. He's going to be the first president since we started keeping track of such statistics that will actually have fewer jobs in this country than when he started as president. And that's a, you know, that's not a good thing. That's something that he should be ashamed of and that people who vote for him should be ashamed of. He, he, he never came up with a health care plan. We have been hearing from him since he took office that his health care plan is right around the corner. When he was with Leslie Stahl, he had Kaylee McEnany give him his health care plan. It was his big book. It was nonsense. It was executive orders and other nonsense that had nothing to do or little to do with health care. But he has no health care plan. He's putting a judge on the Supreme Court that will guarantee that the Affordable Care Act will be overturned. And he doesn't have a plan to replace it. He doesn't have a plan to protect people with pre-existing conditions. He doesn't have a plan to cover the 20 million people who are benefiting from uh, uh, the ACA right now. He has no plan. Never had one. He's been telling us, we'll get one in two weeks. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. He talks about we have plans, like he's the insurance company. The man has never come up with a plan, and he never will because he's incompetent, and he hires incompetent people around him. He doesn't trust anyone around him. That's why he has his daughter and his son-in-law in key positions in the government. 
He's just bad at his job. Has he built any new infrastructure in this country other than wall on the southern border? There are 550 kids living at the southern border that were separated from their parents that this administration cannot find their parents. These kids may never see their parents again. Why? Because this man is incompetent and he hires incompetent people and they go off half cocked and things go wrong. What else can go wrong? Remember when he asked the question, what do you have to lose? Well, what do those kids have to lose? They've lost their parents. Their lives have been forever changed because of his incompetence. The man isn't good at his job. He's bad at his job. He sucked up. He is the worst president we have ever had in this country. And now's our chance. Now we get a say. No more polls. No more punditry. No more maybe. No more guessing. We get a say. We get to vote. We get to decide. We get to tell him stay or go. And we need to speak loudly and clearly so he hears it and everybody who's associated with him hears it. Because you know they're going to try whatever they can to keep us from making a change here. If this man was so good, if he was such a great president, if he was so sure... He'd want more people to vote and not less. Don't you think? All he's been doing the last year is complaining about elections, slowing down our mail, making it, going to court to make it harder for Americans to cast their vote. When Joe Biden becomes president of the United States, and if the Democrats take control of Congress, both chambers, They need to do everything in their power to make sure that the Voting Rights Act is restored and strengthened so that Republicans can't play games with people's votes anymore. In states like Texas and states like Georgia, which are going to be decided by one or two percent, there are live and hours long for people to vote. Why? Because the Republicans that control that state know if you make it harder for people to vote, they won't vote. Those lines, by the way, are not happening in neighborhoods where they know Republicans will vote. You know, when the governor of Texas decided to only have one drop box for drop-off mail-in ballots in each county, didn't really affect counties with 100 people in it. It affected the counties with millions of people in it that always go Democratic. Turnout is up, way up in Texas. And I know that I've seen polls that show Texas close or Trump leading I don't buy those polls. I don't know that there are good polls for Texas. I don't know that there are good polls for Texas with the turnout that is going to be probably 30% higher, maybe even 50% higher than it was four years ago. Because who's turning out? People who were not likely voters four years ago. So how do you test it? Do I think the polls are pretty good in Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, and Pennsylvania? Yeah. Because everybody was focused like a laser on the mistakes that were made in polling those states. I don't know that they're focused like a laser on Texas because nobody thought Texas was going to be as close as it is. And it's going to be close. I don't know if Biden wins Texas. I think he can. And he's putting some time in there. He's putting some resources in there. But it's going to be close. Same thing in Georgia. Close.
Florida is going to be close, but I think Joe Biden's going to win it by five points. And everybody's like, Chris. Yeah, no, I think he's going to win it. I think he's going to win it easily. And I think we're going to know on election night. And I think it's going to be over. And I think we're going to be really, really happy when that happens. And even though we won't be able to call who the president is probably for a week or two, we're going to have a really good idea on election night, especially if Joe Biden wins Florida, North Carolina, and Arizona. And I don't, I don't see how he loses Arizona. I mean, I could see a way he loses Florida, but you know, when you tell people over 65 that, you know, either stay home or die, we don't care either way. And that's your strategy for defeating COVID-19. I don't know how they vote for him. And in a state like Florida, where there's a over-representative proportion of 65 plus people who vote really high, I don't know how you win. That's a demographic he won big four years ago. He is at best tied in that demographic right now, probably losing them badly. I think it's going to be a long night for Donald Trump. And I can't wait to hear him bitch. And I'm not going to be happy about it. You know, I don't want anybody out there to gloat if we win. I'm not going to gloat if we win. And if we lose, I'm going to tip my hat and say congratulations, and I'm going to try to move on. But this is going to come to an end. And all the fighting of the last four years, and all the crisis, and all the chaos that has been Donald Trump will be over, I hope. Or we're in for four more years of it. And I don't think that's going to happen. But I'll be here for you. All right, I'm going to take another quick break. And I'll be back and I'm going to talk a little bit about the Borat movie, which I happen to have a little bit of a camera. And uh, we're right back. So Thursday night, I start getting texts and tweets. Some of them from people who listen to this podcast. Thank you. Um, congratulating me for my cameo in the Borat movie. One of them said, you're camel in the board. I'm like, wow, what are you talking about? Um, I hadn't seen it. Um, I saw the first one. I've seen it. I've, I've since seen the second one. But I saw the first one 13 and a half years ago. My wife was pregnant with my daughter at the time. There was one scene in the movie where if it hadn't stopped, I probably would be dead. It was so funny. I was laughing and rolling on the floor. I, I thought my wife was going to give birth to my daughter right there in the theater. Um, this movie was funny. I don't, I, I, uh, I think it was more relevant than the first movie. Um, obviously we see the creepy scene with Giuliani. Uh, he really is a creep. You know, I mean, Giuliani, the Republicans are, you know, running around and, and not even all Republicans, just the, the super weird conservatives are running around with this laptop um, I think that that is a, uh, it's a dirty trick. I don't know that it's a Russian dirty trick. It could be a Roger Stone dirty trick. They're using Rudy Giuliani as a useful idiot. At least I hope he's a useful idiot. I hope he's not just playing along knowingly, uh, with this manufactured laptop. And by the way, even if it's real, I don't care what Hunter Biden did for a living. Don't care. And how these conservatives can be so worked up 
about what Hunter Biden has done to make money off of his father when we have Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner living, not living, but working in the White House and Donald Trump Jr. and Eric running around the world, running Trump properties, Trump touting his pop properties while he's in the Oval Office. But I'm digressing, the Borat movie. So, I, you know, my, my big fight with Giuliani was, was not featured in the movie, but it was shown, a brief clip of it was shown, and I got a lot of congratulations for it. So if you're watching that movie, be on the lookout uh, for me uh, there fighting with Giuliani. It's the gift that keeps on giving. That, that clip has been seen more than anything else I've done, millions and millions of people. The Borat movie was the number one movie in America on Netflix. Excuse me, it was on Amazon Prime. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I, I love it. Uh, I don't know what to do with it. I, I mean, it doesn't make me famous. <laughs> it doesn't make me money. It doesn't get me more stations. Uh, but it is uh, it is an interesting thing to be part of. And it made me very happy to see. Uh, definitely brought a smile to my face. I know Giuliani uh, didn't like it. I know he put out all sorts of statements about how, you know, he immediately knew that this was a fraud. Well, it didn't look like he thought it was a fraud. I think he thought that actress was coming on to him, and he laid down on his bed, and he put his hand in his pants, and he's a creep. He's a dirty old man, and that's the president's lawyer. I remember my mother used to say to me, you will know them by the company they keep. And quite frankly, we already knew who Donald Trump was because he sleeps with porn stars and then pays them off. He, you know, he, he, you know we, we heard the Access Hollywood tape. We've read about him in the tabloids. For 30 or 40 years now. We know who he is. I didn't know Giuliani was a perv too. But I guess if you're willing to marry your cousin. You're willing to do just about anything. But check out that movie. I think it'll make you laugh. And I think you need to. You know look. I think we all need uh, something. You know silly in our life right now. Uh, The next seven days. Or maybe even the next couple of days. If you're listening to this later in the week. The next seven days are going to be very stressful for some of you. I, I, for one, don't stress about this stuff. I am a big believer in controlling what I can control, and I can't control anything other than what I'm doing right now. I'm doing everything I can to make sure Donald Trump is no longer the president of the United States. I'm voting. I'm talking. I'm going into conservative media. I'm going wherever people will talk to me, and I'm talking the truth about this president. I think that's what I've done you know, for the last 80 or so weeks on this show, I've tried to tell the truth about this president and who he is. And I think that we've succeeded in changing some minds. And I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to moving on from talking about Trump and talking about issues and talking about ways we can make this country better, having a real discussion about the future of our courts in this country, the future of our country you know, how are we going to, you know, rebuild our trust around the world? How are we going to rebuild our trust in our each other within this country? And that's what I'm planning on doing the next, you know, couple of years, hopefully. Now I won't be able to talk about Trump. And I hope you stay with me. And I hope you keep telling your friends about this podcast. Because you guys really are growing it. And I really do appreciate it. All right. I want to remind you now, as I always do. To seek the truth, America. Question everything and everyone, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week 
to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.